new year, new backup recording setup uh, for you, Mike. I've got something different this time. New month. New month. No, new year. New year, new, new backup month, recording new, new setup. System. New month, new system. Yeah. I think I'm a genius this time, though, because some of my some of my previous systems, they've been a bit wonky. You know, they've had various problems, but this one is like, oh, wow. Why didn't I think of this before? I've taken my lav mic and I've blue tacked it to the side of my main microphone. And this seems like it's perfect. How did I not think of this before? I don't know, but this is genius. So this is my new backup recording system. So you should be very happy. I'm speaking directly into two microphones. There's not a microphone on the other side of the room acting as a recorder. There's not a microphone on a travel stand on my desk to knock onto my keyboard to cancel the recording that uh-huh. I'm currently doing. So little lav mic, little blue tack, good to go. I actually kind of like this. Yeah, I think it's If perfect. you're going to do it, you might as well do it this way. Yeah, I think this is the perfect one. Speaking of this, actually, these various ways in which you've destroyed my hopes of a good episode recording over the last year. That's unfair. <laughs> there is a Cortex animated that I recommend everybody go watch that I don't think you've seen yet, which you need to watch so we can put it up. Oh, okay. Where a very wonderful animator, H.M. Butet, did something really special when it comes to levels, levels, conversations. Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but it's so good. It's just so good and it's well worth watching. But I'm really happy that it's like new, was it new decades, dawn, Again, also includes new microphone systems again. This one, mark my words, never going to change. Every year, I like to do a little time tracking comparison with you. Mm -hmm. So this, I think, first started, it was part of our yearly themes episode. But as that just got longer and longer, I've ended up pushing this out to like a thing that I do in January. This, This is actually different now than how we've done it in the past. Because since our last time that we looked at this, I would always bring out my toggle reports and would look at my toggle report for the year. But now, wonderful app Timery, favorite app, has actually added reporting of its own. So the reports that are generated in the screenshot, which is in the show notes um, of my year-over-year time tracking totals, Mm. were actually generated in Timery this time which I think looks much cleaner. It's very nice. I'm not surprised about a lot of this from like a top line perspective, kind of looking at year over year. In mm-hmm. 2020, I logged 1,507 hours of work. In 2021, I logged 1,544 hours of work. That's actually crazy how close that is. Yeah. That's interesting. I think it's especially intriguing to me because in 2020, I didn't have any time off. And in 2021, I took like a two-week vacation. Yeah. So there's like, I don't know, however many, maybe there's like another 50 hours or something that would have mm-hmm. been logged otherwise. Uh, I would just, again, make this clear because I think people get confused about this and I understand why. I only log when I'm actively working on something. So all of that like unintentional time that you might have in your work day, mm-hmm. I don't log that. So like if I'm mm-hmm. not actively involved in a task, I don't log it. So like on average, my working hours are like, I log maybe like five and a half hours of productive time a day. Right. Where my I'm actually, my work day usually starts between nine and 10 and ends between six and eight. Mm-hmm. But there's just time in my day where I'm not working because I'm a human being, you know? 
Right. You know, so I, I kind of really, it might be a better way for me to say, this is my productive time, not my working time. Mm, yeah, that, that's, that's a good way to I track. It. I track my productive time. Because for me, I can have these weird pockets in the day because maybe I have something going on between 9 and 10 and then my next thing starts at 5 o'clock. It's just like, that's just how my weird day can be sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I would say, by and large, everything is held kind of in the way that I would expect. So like podcast recording time is relatively steady. Editing time has gone down by a decent chunk, but that was because I moved more editing away from myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, show prep goes up. I always want that to, to go up. Like if there's one thing in these top three of going up, I would like more preparation for my shows because the more prepared I am, the better the content is. Mm. Look at old Cortex brand. Rising up the ranks. Yeah, Cortex there. brand has shot up what, like a hundred hours? Hundred hours year over year. Jeez. <laughs> There's a load of reasons for this, though. I mean, one, I do spend a lot more time working on our business. Uh, another is we have like a monthly call, which is just focused on talking about Cortex brand stuff. So all of these hours are being logged in now. Mm-hmm. This actually did make me realize that I think I need to now start breaking out what that is into more projects. Okay, so what you you want to subdivide how you're yeah. tracking Cortex brand? Because if I tracked Relay FM, it would be like 800 hours. Oh, right, right. Okay, yeah. Right. Where now Cortex brand, I mean it never was, but like as I'm now doing more and more and spending more and more time on it, I'm doing lots of different types of things. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's admin, sometimes it's product design. I think I need to start looking at separating those out. In timery, when you like, are are you thinking of having them as different top level projects? Yeah. Like, I'm actually just looking at this at the timery reports, and I I can't remember when you click on that little arrow next to Cortex Brand. Does that just show you the logged entries, or does that show you sub projects in that entry? I mean, I think if you had sub projects or if you named them, I think mm-hmm. it would. But I don't do any of that. Right. Right. I tag the podcast stuff. So recording, editing, and show prep, I tag those with the related shows. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I'm just projects. That's everything I do. Right. So so when you hit the little arrow next to podcast recording and timery, it shows you the tags for, the, like the time spent in tags for the different time tracked or not? I'm just curious. Oh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't show tags there. I guess that would be the descriptions. That's all the descriptions. Right. Okay. So if like, I think you do some of this sometimes, do you? Like you write down what you're doing. I know a lot of people do this. It's like a thing it makes sense that you write down what task you're up to yeah i'm only asking because we discussed it a couple episodes about sort of rethinking the time tracking which is where i am and this is one of those areas where i'm trying to mentally recategorize the way i do a bunch of stuff Uh and this is always the problem that everyone has at the beginning of time tracking right we go like how do i categorize a bunch of different things and so i'm just i'm not quite i haven't settled on how to try to track sub stuff but also have an overall picture of what's going on. So I, I was just curious if you right. had any thoughts, like mechanistically what you're going to do with tracking subcategories of Cortex brand so that you can have it broken out. Yeah, I'll, it will probably be like Cortex brand admin, Cortex brand design. Like that's how I'll do it for now, I think. Right, okay. Just as like a top level thing. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Because I feel like I would, you know, I'd be intrigued to see what that would look like. Because at the moment, that is just one huge bucket, and that bucket is becoming an increasingly large percentage of my time. Yeah, and and especially since 
like we just started this year breaking out the separate Cortex brand calls, which mm-hmm. has which has been a great thing to do. I think also like a theme on the show over time has been like, oh, separate out different activities into different yeah. areas. Yeah. And it was very good when we realized, oh, we should have two calls a month. One that's just the Cortex brand stuff and one that's just the podcast. Yep. You want to know in that business how much time are you spending gabbing on the phone with Gray versus how much time are you spending in product design mm-hmm. or admin or all the rest of it? So yeah, yeah, I think so. I think once something crosses a hundred hours of work, you probably want to at least be aware of what the subcategories are. Yeah. So that's that's one, and again, that's like part of year structure. It's like that mm. structure, that structural stuff that I need to to work on. Streaming doubled, but that makes sense to me. Because I started streaming like halfway through 2020 and I still stream keyboard related stuff once a week on a Friday. Mm-hmm. And so I've just been doing that more and more. So that's just remained as part of my time tracking stuff. Mm-hmm. The Relay FM general admin stuff. So this is calls and just general administrative stuff I do for Relay FM. It's funny, it's, it's lower down the list, but more hours than the year before. Yeah, that's what I was just looking at. But one of the reasons yeah. for this is like, you'll notice in 2020, mm-hmm. membership was more hours, 60 hours than the 29 hours in mm-hmm. 2021. So because a lot of our admin calls were actually focused around the membership program. So I would attract those as pure membership calls. Right. Okay. That makes right? sense. Right. Because we were setting everything up then. So like mm-hmm. that's probably where that stacks differently. I like this big drop in Mega Studio, 60 hours last year and down to 15 hours this year for like setting it up, I presume is what that yeah, is. Yeah, that's setting up stuff. That's one we would definitely hope trends downward over time. Until the next one. <laughs> Until Mega Studio 2, yes. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, Podcast-a-thon took, definitely took more time. Uh, I'm actually quite surprised about it. Though. Like, I know it took more time, but considering how tumultuous the planning of the 2020 Podcast-a-thon was, I'm surprised that it took more time to do this year. Oh, I know what this was. I know what this was. We did a lot more like streams leading up to the podcastathon. Ah, uh, that makes sense. So that those hours sense. really they really racked up compared mm-hmm. to 2020. I would like to know what you categorize as self improvement here. I'm just curious oh. as to what like what goes under that category. So this is like this is all like year of refinement stuff mm, hanging over. Okay. So sometimes this is like maybe meeting a friend for lunch with the implicit idea that we're going to talk about how we're doing as people, all that kind of stuff. Hmm. Sometimes these conversations just occur, right? But sometimes I feel like, at least with some friends, like that's the point of our meeting Hmm. or like having a call or whatever, just to like, how are you doing? Let's talk about how you are, that kind of stuff. I don't know why this has gone down year over year. I think maybe I was doing more of that. Yeah, you know what? I was doing more of that at the beginning of 2020. That was the year of refinement, right? Yeah, I was I was going to say that, that that trended downward because of everything that happened in the world, Mike. You, you, were, you were not able to do fancy wine tasting no, at yeah. restaurants. <laughs> but I wouldn't have included that in here anyway. But like there was just ah, like okay. a lot of stuff that I was doing and like, you know, taking like instructional courses and things like that. But And I just stopped doing a lot of it. But I'm pleased that it's still there. Mm. It's like a little more than half the of where it was in 2020, but it's still a part of it, which I'm pleased about. Mm. I, I think that's interesting as a category, just as something that like relates more directly to the theme. Just as a like someone who is in the podcast business, sponsor aftercare just mm. makes me smile as a category of uh, <laughs> of like ah yes, sponsor aftercare. Yeah, but look how much it's down. 
I'm very glad to see that you've you've dropped it from 18 hours to seven hours. Uh-huh. I presume that a lot of the sponsor aftercare has been passed along to others. Yes, <laughs> that's great. But this isn't everything. So sponsor booking is down. Mm-hmm. Sponsor inquiries is down. Sponsor aftercare is down. And that would have been like if you looked across the years, something that's trending down, 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 which just makes sense as I let go of more of that part of my responsibility in the business to people that are better placed to do it than me. Mm-hmm. So like that's just again like a really great trend down over time and it's going to continue to go down this year. It won't go away, but it mm-hmm. will just it will continue to get a smaller and smaller and smaller portion of of what I do. And then I presume that workflows means automation stuff. Is that the idea? Yeah, it's like tinkering away inside with that kind of stuff. And I've already been doing a little bit of that. And I actually want to talk about this a little later on in the show. But mm-hmm. I've been thinking about like how this kind of stuff, automation stuff, could be a part of the year structure. Hmm. I think there could be something in that that I hadn't yet considered, but it's been Hmm. uh, bouncing around in my brain a little bit since we recorded last. Hmm. So for me, like if I look at this and say like, how where do I want this to be next time? Uh, I want less hours overall. So straight up, like you want the total number of real work hours to be less in 2022. Yeah. I would like an increase in Cortex brand stuff. Mm-hmm. podcast stuff to remain basically the same but with the idea being some of that will naturally start to decrease mm-hmm. but that might not happen this year it might be ready for 23 and everything admin related to go down more mm-hmm. that's kind of like if i was painting a picture of what i want my 2022 time tracking to look like that's what it would look like I really like that because you also have a like a really clear top level target of these. This number of hours should be lower. Um, I quite like that. I mean, for me, honestly, if it's not, that's a big failure because hmm. I mean, like part of it is, well, if I'm going to take the 20 days off that I said I'm going to take, mm-hmm. that would naturally bring it down. Right. Unless you're squishing around working in extra work at, at mm. like times you shouldn't, which defeats the whole purpose. Yeah. And then that would be like, aha, there you go. Right. Right. Like that, that's like you, you messed up somewhere where and why. So. Right. And then, then you get yourself into the bad position where you're just running yourself ragged before the breaks and then you extra need the breaks, but then they're less effective at what you're trying to have them do because you yep. run yourself ragged. Yep. So yeah. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Hello. Hello make incredibly comfortable buckwheat pillows. Look, you may have never tried a buckwheat pillow. You may have never even heard of one. They're really different to the regular fluffy pillows that you might be used to. Hollow pillow supports your head and your neck and doesn't collapse under the weight of your head like a traditional pillow would. It stays cool. It stays dry. Compared to feather and foam pillows, it also breathes better as well. So it's not going to get warm and humid. You don't have to do that thing anymore where you flip your pillow to the cool side because your hollow pillow is always cool. The buckwheat that goes inside, it can be adjusted too. So you can either take it out or put it in, make the pillow basically exactly the size that you want, just the way that you like it. The closest way I could try and describe what a buckwheat pillow feels like, it's kind of like a beanbag, but not a beanbag, but that's the closest thing I could use to try and give you an idea. They're really popular. They've been used around the world for years. You'll find them in fancy hotels and stuff like that. I have been sleeping on a hollow pillow for nearly three years, every single night. 
I absolutely love it and I'm never going back. It gives me just the right amount of support that I want. It's super comfortable. It stays nice and cool. I love it. If I ever sleep somewhere else, I'm on a regular pillow. I hate it compared to what I'm going to get at home with my hollow pillow. Really amazing stuff. Hollow pillows are made in the USA with quality construction and materials. The certified organic cotton case is cut and sewn for durability, and the buckwheat is grown and milled in the US as well. You should be pretty curious to try one of these things out, and you can. You can sleep on a hollow pillow for 60 nights, and if it isn't right for you, just send it back for a refund. Go to hollowpillow.com slash cortex right now and get your very own buckwheat pillow. That's H-U-L-L-O-P-I-L-L-O-W com slash cortex if you buy more than one they have a special discount of up to twenty dollars off depending on the size you opt for hello have fast free shipping of every order and one percent of all profits are donated to the nature conservancy so give it a try if you love it keep it if you don't just send it back. Go to hollowpillow.com. That's H-U-L-L-O-P-I-L-L-O-W.com slash cortex right now. A thanks to Hello for the support of this show and relay FM. While we're looking at some statistics, mm-hmm. should we finally do the 2021 flighty stats prediction <laughs> result? All right. So this came up in State of the Apps 2021? I don't know. Because <laughs> we do it for the year because this is, it always messes me up, right? So we just did 2022, right? In 2021, right? You always want to go the next year. That's what you like to do and i don't like that but that's what you like oh right yes that is what i like to do so two state of the apps ago uh-huh we spoke about whether we predicted if our air miles the amount of miles that we have flown in 2021 would be higher or lower than what we had done in 2020 right that's correct right that, that was our prediction because it was like well we haven't gone anywhere in 2020 what do we think this is going to be like mm-hmm. how optimistic do we feel Mm-hmm. And we both said that we predicted that we would both have traveled for more miles on a plane in the calendar year 2021 than we did in the calendar year 2020. Mm-hmm. I will say as well, Flighty actually has added a feature quite recently that I wanted when we were originally doing all this stuff, which is you can now mark a flight as like, you're not on this flight. Yes, yes. Huh. Which is good. Because I know I've got some of my 2019 numbers. I think maybe even some of my 2020 numbers. There's a little bit in there, like a flight or two, which I don't think was me. I was tracking a flight that Adina was on. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm happy that they've added that now. So you can keep your stats clean, basically. Yes. Uh, yeah, and my my reasoning for that bet is, I've discussed the concept before of like, don't bet against the base rate. And so my thought is this is like a combination of don't bet against the base rate and a sort of regression to the mean that 2020, for obvious reasons, was much lower in travel than normal. And so you should sort of expect that the number is going to regress toward the mean. And I was wrong. (laughs) Really? Yeah. What about the year of the voyage? Look, okay, so I, I went back and I actually, uh, I cleaned up all of my flighty stats and I put in all of the flights from 2018 to now because I actually really do like tracking this as just a statistic. Oh man, that's a good idea. I should do that. Yeah, because like I, I just wanted to know and I had started, I think I started using flighty halfway through 2018. So I went back and I've, I like filled in everything just to make sure it was all clear and just made sure I didn't have any of those random flights that weren't actually mine. 
And so we can make a graph of my numbers. So starting in 2018, it was 41 flights and 2.4 times around the world. And I think 2018 might be my like peak travel year ever, maybe. Like that's quite a lot of flying for mm. me. And then it drops to 23 flights, 0.9 times around the world for 2019. 2020 is where it drops down to six flights and 0.4 times around the world. And 2021 ended up at five flights, 0.4 times around the world. But it's basically nine and a half thousand miles versus 11,000 miles. So I came in just short for 2021. I see you were wrong then. Okay. Yeah, so I was I was wrong, and I'm sort of extra annoyed at this because I did mention that there is a conference that I was supposed to go to at the very beginning of January, which would have had me traveling at the very end of December, and I made a decision not to go because of the basically the situation with the Omicron variant and like having to decide ahead of time, like, am I going to go? Am I going to book the flights? And I made the call not to. Yeah. But it is one of these things that in retrospect, I think I would have gone if I didn't have to make the decision as early as I did about like, am I actually going to go to this thing or not? I think you made the right decision. It was too, it was too unknown again. This is what I'm saying. At the time, I think I made the correct decision. Yeah. But if I could transmit information back in time, I would express to my past self, like you're over concerned about this at the time that you're worried. If you really want to go to this conference, it is actually fine. Okay. Maybe don't visit your parents on the way in and out, but like it's probably fine to go. So anyway, I did lose it, but I feel like, boy, was this a, this was a close loss, but it's still a loss. So it was it was less for me this year than last year, which I obviously did not expect and huh. really has come in as a surprise and is obviously a side effect of basically the whole pandemic situation dragging on longer than I expected. So 2019, that's when I have my first dates too. I'm probably going to do what you did actually. I like the idea of maybe filling in some old stuff. Mm -hmm. Although I am maybe a bit too lazy to try and find all those flights from 2018. 2019, 25 flights, mm -hmm. 1.9 times around the world at 47,679 miles. 2020, six flights, 15,765 miles 0.6 times mm -hmm. around the world and this is uh, i have adjusted this i've gone in and removed the flights that weren't mine mm -hmm. 2021 eight flights twenty-one thousand and eighty-one <laughs> miles around the world so that is five thousand more i beat it you must have gone somewhere quite far away mike i did i went to hawaii <laughs> hawaii wouldn't have been enough though oh really yeah huh. we spent christmas in romania and that was that was what i needed to tip me over Oh, okay. I, I didn't. Oh, I didn't. Really, that's that's closer than I would have thought. I thought Hawaii on its own would have just totally blown it out of the water. No, I need. I think I needed the extra, or at least it was going to be way closer. Mm -hmm. Because you know, like in 2020, we'd started the year off in LA, so mm -hmm. and then we did more flights backwards and forwards mm -hmm. at the beginning of 2020. So it it was it would have been closer than I would have expected. It kind of just to really make sure that I 100% hit that. 
I had to take mm-hmm. that. Uh, it wasn't the reason that I went to Romania for Christmas, but <laughs> sure helped. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice bonus. It gives you a nice extra reason. You go, yep. oh, great. Now I can be right in the bet. <laughs> yep. And I was right and you were wrong. Yep. So congratulations, Mike. In a completely unnecessary, but for some reason has <laughs> become very important thing for us because we've been talking about this now for the best part of three months, two months. Yeah, well, I I think it's just turned out that flights have ended up as a proxy for world status. Mm -hmm. And I also think flights for the situation that we're in, they're also a kind of interesting proxy for, I don't know if this is quite the right way to phrase it, but like semi-optional work. I do do think there's, there's travel which can be eliminated, but can be good to do as well. I think that's partly what this is. Mm. So the question for you, Mike, do you think you're going to do any work-related flights next year? This year? Uh, yeah, this year. <laughs> it's not still the Christmas season. I think it's the Christmas season. It kind of does still feel like it. It really does. It really does. Do I think I will do any work-related travel in 2022? Yes, I do. I do think that. Yeah. You do think that? Okay. I do think that. I mean, the very least... The mm-hmm. podcast-a-thon. Ah, okay. Right? All right. Terrible things would have to happen. <laughs> and or, like, just huge things. Insurmountable things would have to occur for us to not be in Memphis this time doing that. Right. I also expect that by the end of 2022, I would have done some other thing, some other event or something. Okay. So, like, some event, some conference, something like that? Yeah. Okay. Conferences... I doubt. Event, I expect more. Okay, what do you mean by event? What falls under that category? I feel like sometimes you can say a thing and you're either like, you're putting something out into the world, like you're willing it into existence or you're jinxing yourself. And I don't know which one of these this would be for me. All right, Uh, don't let me jinx you then. That's fine. Well, I mean, I can tell you. Okay. And then maybe you can tell me if I should keep it in the show or not. All right, and then you can censor it or not. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I am hoping I'll get invited to an Apple event before the end of the year. Oh, like an Apple media event. Yes. Or, ah, okay. Surely, huh, okay. If they're doing them, I hope that I would maybe get invited to one of them. Wouldn't that be, don't they do those in London though? No, they've not done that for a, for a long time. Oh, okay. I, oh, I thought they had like local versions. And all they used to do cities. that. They used to do that. But now if, they, if you're invited, they just invite you out. Because the reason they used to do those things, to my knowledge, is it wasn't reliably streamed. Ah, and okay. And they used to have right. like these satellite events where they would have a video stream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't believe they do those anymore. Because I know people that live all over the globe that get invited to go to San Francisco or wherever. Hmm. So I'm hoping that if there are events, maybe I could get to go. Now, look, if they're only doing the iPhone event, I'm not going to get to go to that one. <laughs> right, but maybe right. they'll do like a Mac event in November and maybe I'll mm-hmm. get to go. Okay, yeah. I don't think you're jinxing that. I don't think you're right. jinxing that at all. Because I, th- I think that's the kind of aspirational but also non-zero probability. Like, I think it's reasonable to say that is possible on your calendar. It feels much more possible now because like on some of my other shows, I've interviewed Apple executives And I get, you know, like when they send out the press invites, I'm on that list now. I mean, Mm -hmm. all it says is tune in, but like, you know, (laughs) it's not, there isn't really an RSVP, but I didn't used to get those. Right. And so like, I do get those now. So I'm hoping that when they do events again, then maybe I would be able to go to one. Yeah. I do think no WWDC, by the way. Right. 
putting our bets on that. I don't think it's happening. Oh, yeah. I, I would bet a lot of money on yeah. WWDC. I've been saying this for like a year that they wouldn't do it again. And then when, uh-huh. now it's just like, nah. Who's going to be first, right? Yeah. No. What's, who's the, who wants to be the first tech company to open up their conferences again? Yeah. I mean, I, I still say if I was in charge of Apple, I would never have it in person again. I, w- I would be delighted to, to have this as an excuse to say we're never doing it. I would 100% not have it in person again. Oh, you agree with me? Okay. Everyone else oh, thinks 100% I'm crazy. 100% I agree with you. No, no. I agree with you. I agree with you big time. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> You're the first it's person I've heard say it's that. It's way better to do it virtually for everyone. I'm not sure it's better for all the participants but if i was apple i feel like it's obviously way better better for the participants it's so much better because there's nothing going on that's taking your attention away Mm -hmm. and it's not just available to like the five thousand people that can afford it Mm -hmm. it's available to everyone everyone gets a level playing field like as long as they keep doing things to like and it's gotten better over the last two years as long as they keep finding ways to like make developers and Apple engineers have a way to communicate during that week. As long as they keep making that better to replace the labs and stuff, it's way better than, than going in person. I didn't realize. Do they make all of the technical talks available immediately online? I didn't realize if they were doing like is like if I mean I guess there's no tickets. You can just see that if you have a developer account. Yeah. So like, imp- do you mean when it was in person? So so I'm, I'm what I mean is the last one that was held online. Yeah. If you have a developer account, can you just go watch all of the virtual talks immediately? Yeah. yeah. I don't think I quite realized that. They were all just rolled out. It was like a schedule through the day mm-hmm. and they would just put them out throughout the day. I think they maybe all dropped at once, actually. Like it wasn't mm. like this one's going to be at this time. It was like, this is what's going to be on each day. And then they just made them all available and you could just go and watch whatever you wanted. And everyone mm. could do that. To be fair, you could do that before. I think they used to stream them in the later years and they would have videos. But this is I think it's better because it's like you everyone's just level playing field the production value is so much better like Mm. I was I've never watched a session before but I've watched some of these ones that they've done afterwards because they're just better Mm. than they were when they were on a stage because as well like when they're on a stage you'd have to sometimes fill an amount of time or whatever but this is just like that's a seven minute one it's like whatever like yeah. that's all I've got to say on this matter I don't know (laughs) I think it's better for them to just do it like this you know I understand Mm. that like People want to be in person. I get it, right? Like it was a, you know, like it just bring the most amount of friends together or whatever. People, I'd see people I would never see, but mm-hmm. you're just thinking about it logically. This is just a, this is just a better way to do it. Like if you're the company making a decision, mm. I think it's done. Would you bet money on Apple never doing it again in person? Like, do you think that that's what they're actually going to do or not? It depends how much, but yes, I would put a bet. Hmm. Okay. You think they'll never do it again in person. Very interesting. Because I don't think it's going to happen this year, right? Mm-hmm. And that's three years, mm-hmm. right? Or like three WWDCs. Mm. At that point, what's the point? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I like your whispered pitch of that. Because well, there are Why, lots of guys? points, right? There's loads of reasons. But if you're making the decision, you've got to ask, like, why is this better? to mm. go back in person again because i i for the vast majority of reasons that realistically matter mm. there isn't a good one yeah i don't know if they're going to do like i'm I'm quite interested in this question of will they do one in person or not i don't have an opinion on what apple will actually do i just feel like man i would never do it <laughs> i think we are multiple years away from a large company feeling confident from an optics perspective even Mm -hmm. saying we invite thousands of people from all around the world to come here 
Right. Like, that just feels... Like, I believe stuff like that's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, I'm, I'm confident in that. But I just think after a certain amount of time, like three, three years of be- things being a certain way, that I just can't imagine it being like, oh, hey, you remember how it used to be? We're just going to do that again. Mm-hmm. Like, that seems like, it seems unlikely to me. Mm. Like, especially like a cautious company, especially a company like Apple, which is like, people will be do- like, just so excited to be the person to write the story of all the people that had a minor COVID outbreak because you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, that, that's one of my main thoughts is like, whenever you get a bunch of people together mm-hmm. as a company, you you're just running like the risk of random downside events of just like, there's people in person stuff can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Like one. And now one of those things is like, Oh, you were a super spreader event. And so, and so that's, that's why I just look at that of like, man, you have a bunch of people in real life together you're just inviting random downside events i don't even think it's just covid right i, I mm-hmm. think there's going to be a certain thing that sticks around for a long time of like it was an influenza outbreak and it's just like that wasn't a thing mm-hmm. we ever paid attention to before but i could imagine mm. news articles written about this and people caring about it in a right. way we never would have cared about before right, because there's right. going to be all this like stuff that sticks around for a while like contact tracing mm-hmm. there's just i think that we're just going to have these things that just they hang around for a really long time even after we've gotten through all of this which i still think is like a significant amount of time away and then there's going to be i think multiple years at least afterwards of like these hang on things that we haven't gotten rid of mm. And I just think that, like, it, I, I don't think that that kind of outlook on the world gives itself to, like, hey, I'm a tech company and I'm going to hold an event. Like, festivals will come back before all of that stuff because it's like, well, music festivals, what are you going to do? They're music festivals. This is the, well, the entire business of this company is music festivals. Who's going to blame them, right? But right. if you're like Microsoft, Google, and Apple... Their entire business is not the developer conference that they have once a year. Right. And like they've proven that it's not necessary for them. So, and then all of these other things are going to start dying off. Like E3, the gaming conference, it's gone now, I think. Like when we're recording, it's like they canceled the in-person event, which is June. And mm-hmm. then it seems like they can, they've canceled their online event. And like that's just going to go away now. And then there'll be other things that pop up, which is like all of the gaming companies having their own events because who needs E3? It's just like there will be these ebbs and flows. And I just think that like Google, Microsoft and Apple, they have like the sliding scale of a requirement to do this thing. And I think it goes in that exact opposite. Apple feels the least important to Microsoft who they do it biggest and boldest because they also use it as like a a sales event for Mm -hmm. their services, right? So I feel like their one, like build, I reckon is most likely to come back out of the three of them. But I still don't, I still think we're multiple years away from that because it's just too much risk. Mm. There's your aside about tech conferences. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just find it interesting trying to make predictions, you know, in this way. It's it, And that's when I've just thought about a bunch of like, what will happen with this stuff, you know, because I went to those Apple conferences and I can just easily imagine never going to one of those Apple conferences again because they never, they never happen. No. And, like, things will change, right? Like, we thought about, like, well, when we're comfortable to do so, like, we would do live shows again, but they wouldn't be as part of that. Right. You know? 
Like maybe we do, oh, we're going to do a live show in San Francisco on such and such date, which is the thing we did. So like our fifth anniversary show, I think it was the maybe the biggest or second biggest live show we'd ever done. And it was just like on a random date in August. Mm-hmm. But like you can do it. And like, you know, we're not going to put like 700 people into a theater in San Jose on like a random time. Mm-hmm. But you can do these other things. We've done live shows before. Like we do that. It's like stuff like that I can imagine, right? Rather than like, oh, well, the only reason we're doing a live show is because the Apple conference is in town. Mm. It just, mm. I, I just, I don't know if I see that stuff happening for a while. Like, you know, if I'm proven wrong on this, like I would feel happy in a way because it means that the situation has improved faster than I imagined. Mm-hmm. But I just, I feel, pre- I feel pretty confident in my outlook on this. Okay, so what is your final prediction for overall flights for you for oh, 2022 up or down uh up up okay up it needs to be up from 2021 but like not to like 2019 levels right okay but it mm-hmm. will be up because i you know there will be some Euro- like maybe a couple of european trips in there or maybe mm-hmm. a, one more american trip than 2021 hmm. okay what about you it's gonna be up and i'm extremely confident that it's going to be up right because i too have a trip booked for hawaii oh yeah Um, yeah okay i wondered if you were going to mention that (laughs) yeah i love the difference in the way we have both mentioned this like going to hawaii oh man it's so good i'm going <laughs> to hawaii <laughs> you're just like this shrinking as you're saying it's it's a very physically uncomfortable states and there's jellyfish everywhere yes so that is on my calendar for mm-hmm. next year and it does it also just totally makes sense just as last year I was like, I am seeing my family and that is going to happen. Part of that was also just arranging for my wife's family is in Hawaii and it's like, she has not seen them in forever. So we are also going to go see them. So it's only fair. Yeah. We just, we weren't going to do both trips at the same time as well. Like that just didn't make sense Mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons. So we scheduled this out of like, okay, I'm going to do my trip and then we're going to do a trip to Hawaii. So uh, and since I'll be stopping off and seeing my parents on the way as well, I feel like going to Hawaii and back on its own basically gets me. I think I think it would actually have me go past my previous year's flights, having a stop off in North Carolina. So oh, 100%, yeah, that, that would for yeah. sure. Right. Yeah. One hundred percent. I'm going to beat next year's flights, even if that ends up being the only trip that I do, which. I really hope that it is not the only trip that I do, but uh, so I've got one thing alone that'll have the flights be higher than before, which I think is good. My 2018 numbers were probably too high for how much flying happens. Like, I don't think I need to do that much travel, but... No, you know you don't. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know you don't. But the last two years were definitely under uh, whatever is the optimal amount of traveling. Somewhere in the middle, right? I think we're both both feeling that. Somewhere in the middle is what we would prefer. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by FitBod. It's super normal for people to start considering their health and fitness around this time of year. But look, between balancing work, your family commitments, and everything else you got going on, it can be hard to make fitness a priority. 
What you need is a program that works with you, not against you, and that's why you need FitBod. FitBod's algorithm learns about you, your goals, and training ability, and will craft a personalized exercise plan that is unique to you. And their app makes it incredibly easy to learn exactly how to perform each exercise. Personal fitness isn't about competing with other people. You don't need to and you don't want to look to others and try and stack up against them, try and be what they are and do what they do. What you want is something that works for you. We're all different. And that's when it's really going to stick. When you see the results that you're looking for and Fitbod uses data to create and adjust your own dynamic fitness plan. You'll have instant access to your own personalized routine in their fantastic app so you can make progress on your goals from anywhere. What I love about Fitbod is the app the way that it works with my Apple Watch. Uh, recently, it had a great new redesign, and they one of my favorite things that they added. So they have these really wonderful HD video tutorials. They show you how to do each exercise, which I find a big benefit, so I can actually see how to perform them. But even the new update, these videos have multiple angles, so you can see exactly how to do it. And maybe you're missing something. Maybe you're looking in a mirror, and you want to match it up. With this new update, it's so easy to do. Everyone's fitness path is different, which is why FitBod does so much work to make sure that they customize things exactly to suit you. They make sure to learn from your last workout so your next will be even better, whether you work out twice a day or twice a week. FitBod even tracks your muscle recovery to make sure your plan is balanced with a variety of exercises to make sure that you're not overworking anything. Personalized training of this quality can be expensive, but FitBod is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. But you can get 25% off your membership by signing up at fitbod.me slash Cortex. You'll get those brand new HD video tutorials which make it a breeze. The FitBod app integrates with your Apple Watch, Wear OS smartwatch, and apps like Strava, Fitbit, and Apple Health as well. So kick off the new year right and get your customized fitness plan at fitbod.me slash Cortex, and you'll also get 25% off your membership. That's fitbod.me slash Cortex for 25% off. A thanks to FitBod for their support of this show and Relay FM. Speaking of travel. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give a piece of follow-up about travel focus modes. Because mm-hmm. if you remember uh, some time ago, I think this may have also been in State of the Apps. Yeah, it was, because that was where you really wanted to talk about focus modes, was during State of the Apps. <laughs> I set up my travel home screen for my trip, and I just mm-hmm. wanted to say it worked great. Oh, great, yeah. The idea of a travel focus mode, that did not work out for me. Because I have decided the focus mode system by and large, is not what I want because of how tricky it is to maintain. What do you mean? So with the focus mode system, right, you are starting with no one can contact you, no apps can get through, and then Mm -hmm. you have to manually add in all the things you want to get through. Mm -hmm. I would prefer it the other way around. I would prefer to remove things. The people part, I would like to add people, but to remove apps as being able to notify me. Because let's imagine I have a travel focus mode that I set up. And then in two years' time from when I set that up, I have a new chat app, like there's the Slack replacement that everyone's using, right? Mm. And I go traveling, but I want that app to still get me, but I don't remember I need to add it into the focus mode as allowing, as like being allowed to notify me. Hmm. Like, just the idea of me having to remember every app I might possibly want and adding it in doesn't work for my brain, where I would prefer to be like, hey, I don't want to hear from you while I'm doing this, and then remove it from the focus mode. 
Yeah, I just I was I was just quickly looking, and um, I'm actually surprised that there isn't a way that you can just do that. They don't let you select all apps. Exactly. There's no option where you can just say select all, add all of them, and and take them all. And off. that new stuff can, will just come in as normal until you tell it no. Like that's what I would want. That that just creation process just fits me better as yeah. someone who's moving around and like you know, and it, that's just what I would prefer. I, I do. I do just want to pause though. Like I'm, I'm fairly certain. Although now you're making me doubt myself, that I think that when you do add a new app, it will put like um not an interruptive notification, but it will put something on your lock screen the first time you get a notification saying like, hey, do you want this to come through or not? I think that's the time sensitive notifications thing, which is oh, which is a right. whole different okay. kettle of fish. Right, so right. I would prefer that. You're right. However, the focus mode that I have that I use the most, or the two that I use, the fitness and the recording ones, they're great. I'm happy that they exist and they're not going to change because it's like I, it, during these times, I don't want to know anything except maybe this one thing. So that's great. Mm-hmm. But the idea of having a travel focus mode for me, it's just too complex. And I just use do not disturb a lot more often. Mm-hmm. But I ended up really loving travel home screen hmm okay what'd you put on it and i ended up with that travel home screen being my home screen for the entire time i was away Hmm. because originally for me it was just going to be hey while you're moving around right but i ended up basically having a combo of travel and vacation home screen together um and it ended up i added a couple of things to it from the last time i added uh carrot and fantastical to that which made sense for me for when i was traveling but other than that, it remained the same. It was like I had my Tripsy and Flighty as widgets, and then I added Carrot and Fantastical on top of those. I had my notes stack of widgets with like the relevant trip that I'm on, uh, the Find My ones for my Air Tags, and then just Camera, Instagram, Maps, the Wallet app, Messages, Slack, the airline that I was going to be using next, and then like a relevant app. So like for example, when we were going to Disney, I had the Disneyland app on there. Mm. What about the tides? Did you ha- were you tracking the tides? Wasn't tracking the tides this time. No. But if I ever oh. need to track the tides and see whether the Eastbourne is receding <laughs> yeah. or not, then yeah. I, I know I could add that into a stack for that very oh. important info. Okay, great, yeah. So I really enjoyed the travel home screen. So that was that was a good good addition that I'm going to keep using. Yeah, it, it is quite nice to have something like that for when you're just in that different mode. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to hear that it's, it's still useful to you just as the home screen, even if it's not the complete focus mode. Yeah, I wasn't sub- and I wasn't expecting to have it to the whole time. Like for me, mm. it was like you're getting on a plane today. Here's your home screen. Uh, but it ended up being just the right amount of stuff and the right amount of information for when I'm vacationing. Have you set up any more focus modes since we last spoke? Uh, it's one of those things I've been playing around with it more, right? But I, I don't have anything really concrete to report. The, the only I find I find myself, as always with this stuff, you immediately start wanting more features instantly. And one of the things I was thinking about is like, oh, just like I can change all these apps on my home screen. I immediately also want the computers to be able to be different too. Mm. I was I was thinking about that. I'm like, oh, it would be nice if I could kind of change the way my computer desktop works when the different home screens come up. So no, I haven't done anything that's really concrete to report with the focus modes. But I have. I mean, we could talk about this uh, a little bit later. But I've I've found myself like sort of like we discussed last time with with the themes i feel like i'm still really in the middle of this this is one of these things i can really feel my brain like churning over a bunch in a way and i just haven't quite resolved where it is that i'm going to be with this 
I hope that they're going to add more to it at WWDC. Hmm. But I doubt it. I was, I was like, oh, uh, that's something I would not bet money on. That's almost, that phrase, I kind of wish I would stop saying it. <laughs> because I feel like I'm always just setting myself up for disappointment. Like, they will add something to this feature, but it'll probably be in a couple of years. It's not year-over-year year iteration on this, I doubt. Yeah. Apple's not great at improving a new software feature two years in a row. Mm-hmm. I feel like they have a really terrible track record on that. So that's definitely a lesson learned from multiple WWDCs. The only thing I can think of where they've done this consistently is shortcuts. Every year, yeah. shortcuts gets some new stuff. Now, mm. you may end up with some things still broken or not the way you want them for a long period of time, like folders. Like We wanted folders for a long time until they added them. But there is always new stuff being added to shortcuts every single year. And that isn't the same for everything that they do. So how's your theme going, Mike? Pretty good, you know. I will say, like, compared to previous years, I was real. I really only started my theme at, like, the very end of December. Mm-hmm. But I do, you know, in, in past years, I've been starting it in kind of, like, November because that's mm. when I've decided on it. Once I've decided on my theme, I have to set up my new journal and start immediately on it. Like I feel like once I know what my theme is, I don't want to keep doing the old theme. Out with the old and with the new. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. I get that. So my theme, the year of structure, what I've been doing for the last 30 days or whatever is really paying attention to what my days feel like. Mm-hmm. And I'm currently like really focused on where my free time is and trying to work out what's causing it or what's taking it away. And what I've noticed so far in January is that my diary feels way better right now. Like my calendar feels way less restrictive than the tail end of 2021. And like, I think that indicated that like I I had a lot more going on then, which kind of makes sense to me. I've kind of established really that I have a few busy periods in the year and the end of the year is one of them, like especially like November, December. Mm-hmm. And this is mostly dictated by like Apple events and the podcast-a-thon, things like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm recognizing now like I'm paying attention. Like, okay, this time of the year, less going on. I'm also calmer and like still feeling the good effects of time off. So less tense. Mm-hmm. So like that's been helping a lot. And what I'm trying to focus on at the moment is what I am enjoying about having that space as well as why it's there. And then when I'm recognizing that I have some free time, making the most of it in some way, whether that's just doing something for me, maybe it's playing some more video games, or maybe it's spending the time to sit down and draw out some product ideas or sit down and think about some show topic ideas, that kind of stuff. So like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to make the most of it so later on, I can remember and stay focused on why I want to make sure I have this time, right? So like I'm being conscious of it right now. So spending that time well. So if I allow myself to start drifting in the opposite direction, I can feel bad about it. It's like, no, you like mm-hmm. that, remember? So this is what you Because again, it's like one of the things that I am aware of and I know I got to do is cut things, right? Mm-hmm. I know I have to cut things out. The problem is I don't really want to do that. Like I don't want <laughs> to cut projects out because I love yeah. all the things that I do. But I know that if I don't, I'm going to end up back in the situation that I was in, but worse. So I know I need to do that. And so by sh- pr- 
proving to myself why this is good to have this extra time in my days, it will help me make the tougher decisions down the road, I think, about what that's going to be. And I am coming to terms more with the fact that I'm going to have to do this, like more than a month ago from now. Is, is January, you have more free time in January just because your recording schedule is lighter? Like, is, is that what's actually causing you to have more free time like this? I mean, my recording schedule is mostly the same throughout the entire year with yeah. the occasional blip, but it's all the other stuff that's around it. Okay, okay. You know, whether it's like big episodes or like additional planning and, and or mm. like it's also, a lot of it is for me, it's not actually a lot of the time. It's how I'm feeling and how that affects mm. everything. Like if I'm feeling more stressed, everything's worse, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's true. And what I'm also trying to do at the moment is to be more intentional about the time that I have, whether it's like doing nothing, but making sure I'm aware that I'm making that choice or doing yeah. something with that time. So it is going back to that intentionality stuff that you've spoken about a bunch. Mm. But it's like, it's totally cool if I'm just going to like rebuild a keyboard. But just be aware of the fact that this time is like a gift for myself mm -hmm. rather than just like spinning around on my chair in the studio and being like, what shall I do? You know? <laughs> so I'm being a little bit more careful with my calendar and trying to structure things more correctly. You know, like mm -hmm. if I have two things that are going to take up a bunch of time, try and put those on the same day rather than different days because I lose mm -hmm. one day, not two days. Like I had a family thing and I also wanted to have lunch with someone and I decided to put those on the same day because they wouldn't have overlapped anyway. But that means, well, that's one day lost, not like over half of two days lost. Right, right. Um, And then something happened recently which was really like reinforced everything it had a bit of a work drama just like a whole thing some paperwork got messed up and we had to fix it but it was like a load of ramifications from it and mm -hmm. it took up an entire day of my time mm -hmm. now it just so happened that that day had nothing on the schedule so i was able to fix it in one day with a clear head and if i would have been busy especially unnecessarily busy on that day it wouldn't have been taken care of so easily because it was one of those things where it's like issue has been highlighted. I can do this thing, pass it over, but then I need to be around to talk through more of it later on. And I don't mm -hmm. know when that's going to be in the day. And like, if I wouldn't have been like empty that day, it would have been way more stressful, more of a nightmare. And so like, it was just another thing that again, if I'm thinking about it, it's like, all right, why did this go well for me? Well, because I had the time and space to handle it mm. so this is like at the moment i'm really in that like this is what i was talking about the exploratory phase of what this theme is going to mean like the difference in my 2022 theme to my other themes is like i usually go in and i'm like right uh, i know what i want to do and now i'm gonna go do it like or like day one i'm doing it and but it isn't like that for me this time it's like day one I'm starting to work it out. Mm -hmm. What does this mean? What is this going to mean? And that's the bigger difference for me this time. But and I feel like I'm in that mode and I'm coming to 2022 with the right frame of mind. And I'm pretty happy with how it's going so far. So uh, there was one thing I mentioned earlier, like I was thinking about this. If I, 
if there are maybe ways that I can, something I hadn't thought about before, but could be cool, like to use my technology and my computer to help add more structure and systems. Like I was thinking like maybe more automation stuff. Like I'm not sure, but like it's just like an idea I had in my head where it's like, oh, like is there a way that I can use my apps and computer more efficiently mm-hmm. to help me build this structure? Like I have a calendar app, but can the calendar app help me more like you know you know what i'm saying like i'm not i feel like computers can do really smart things what can i do how can i leverage all of the stuff that i use to help me reinforce and build that structure like this is just something which i had this thought today i wrote it down in a document and i'm like oh i want to noodle on that one a little bit like what what could that mean i'm not sure right so you don't have any specifics no not all not at all but i i it was just something where i thought hang on a minute like maybe there's something in this you know Mm. because like you know like we have so many friends like like david sparks it's like i feel like david's computer just like can run his entire life for him like just like presses one button on his stream deck and he's got like an entire day (laughs) planned out and like i figure like just maybe if i took a tenth of what david and rosemary do in automators like maybe i could make this a little bit easier for me so like that's just something i'm I'm considering a little bit more yeah i I mean i think i think that's always something that is more of the dream than the promise i'm really resistant to jankiness right yeah like this this is this is the issue of i feel like Critical skills for becoming good at automating things are also identifying what actually is automatable. Yeah. In most normal circumstances for normal jobs, the number of things that are actually automatable is unfortunately smaller than you initially think it is. Because you do run into this issue of computers need things exactly the same every time. And you just don't realize how many tasks aren't literally exactly the same every time. And if you have to start building in like a decision tree into your automation, you very quickly run into the like, this is not actually helping. Like now I'm just spending time building some weird janky system that's going to fall apart the moment that I that I go through mm-hmm. with it. I'm not meaning to dissuade you there, but it but it is one of these things of, of like... Yeah, I know what I'm willing to accept of this stuff. And like uh, yeah. there are a lot of things that, that are like automatable, like... You know, a lot of people use tools like Keyboard Maestro, which is a great mm. Mac app. I think you use it for some stuff. Yeah. And yeah. some of the stuff that Keyboard Maestro can do is like, oh, we could place your Windows for you and move them around. But what I don't mm-hmm. like about it is you see the computer doing it, mm-hmm. and I do not like that. At all. Why don't you like that? Because that, that's so satisfying. When no, you see I the hate computer it. just doing. I, something I for hate you. like pressing a button and then like everything's like moving piece by piece in front of you. It just feels like to me, if I accidentally bump the mouse, I've deleted my entire hard drive. You know, right, like yeah. that's, this is how these things make me feel. So like I tend not to tool around with them too much. So this is kind of like I'm, I'm pretty hesitant to things that it's why I like shortcuts, honestly, mm-hmm. because it's doing things in like an approved way <laughs> and not doing things in a weird way. It's like why I've really gravitated towards shortcuts. And like, don't get me wrong. It has its own jankiness, but it's like agreed upon jankiness where something that keyboard maestro like at the moment where an app is pretending to be my mouse i'm like i don't know man that doesn't feel right (laughs) like i'm not sure if you're supposed to be allowed to do this you know and so like that that i kind of feel like i can draw a line of it sometimes but you know i know that these tools can also just be used to run scripts and stuff and i'm cooler with that and so 
I don't know. I'm toying around. I'm playing around. Uh, everyone's using Stream Decks these days, and I broke out my old Stream Deck and I put some shortcuts on it and stuff. And I don't know. I, I'm I'm gonna it's something that I've just got in my mind, but I have no idea what that means yet. All right. So, so you don't you don't like watching the computer do stuff for you. So presumably you don't suffer from progress bar disease, where you just can watch a progress bar complete, and it's like, wow, that was a satisfying experience. Wait, is this a thing that you enjoy or? or- <laughs> <laughs> I literally have to tell myself sometimes, hey, you can't just watch this progress bar complete. I will totally zone out and just watch a very slow progress bar complete. And it's like, wow, that was great. Jeez. No, no, don't do that, dude. That's a terrible use of your time. I mean, time. if you want to know where your taste in video games comes from, I think I found it. <laughs> My God. <laughs> I will do literally anything else than watch the progress bar. <laughs> I, I want to do literally anything else, but, but I constantly have to remind myself, like, don't do that. It's like when you when you uh, load a bunch of footage into Final Cut, it creates like 100 progress bars, each of which are the program transcoding the clips that you've just loaded in. I have to make sure I walk away from the computer because I'll just watch every single one it's of like them. It's like Christmas for like, you. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's the worst use of your time ever. You know, this is literally what the computer is supposed to do. It does this and you don't have to sit here. So that's why it's just funny to me. It's like, oh, watching Keyboard Maestro move stuff around is the most satisfying, but Mike hates it. <laughs> it's funny, like, because with the progress bar thing, it's like, I would understand that more if, like, you couldn't do anything else on your computer at that moment. Mm-hmm. But, like, you could just, any other app, yeah. anything else, you could just select any of them and do anything else. Yeah, but it's it's hard. It's hard to look away. It turns out. It's like, oh, wow, 13%. 14%. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, it can be so hard to find and hire the right candidates for your small business. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs made it easier to find the people that you want to talk to faster and for free. Putting out an application into the world for somebody to join your team, it's daunting. It's something that can be really tricky. Where do you even start, right? Like, what do you do? Where do you go? Hiring the right person is incredibly difficult. Just trying to get over those first hurdles is tough enough. Then trying to whittle those applicants down. How do you know if this person's right for you? You're going to interview all of them? How are you going to know? This is what LinkedIn Jobs is all about. It's making all of these really difficult tasks so much easier for you to get by. And you also get your post in front of the right people. You create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your own network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. That's what it gets. You've got this huge network of people you can put your job out to, but LinkedIn Jobs really helps find just the right ones from that large network. You use these screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified for it. Then you use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash cortex. That's linkedin.com slash cortex and you can post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. A thanks to LinkedIn Jobs for the support of this show and all of Real FM. How's your year theme going so far? I'm worried about your theme, Gray. I'm not going to lie. I've been thinking about it. Oh, yeah? Why are you worried? It's okay. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm worried. It's too big. 
I totally get that. I totally get that. Because it's like I'm thinking about mine, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, 20 days into the year, and I've just spoke for 15 minutes about all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, how is your new decade dawn theme going? <laughs> like, it's like if we're looking at the decade, it's like a minuscule percentage if it's completed so far. Yeah, so I, I'm actually looking at I, I'm looking at it in a little bit of a different way of that like i'm not trying to the framing isn't like oh what percentage are we through the decade right like i need one of those um like that horrible twitter account of percent of year complete and it's like god damn i hate we you. went yeah. through this before we ended up finding the app yeah I, which I, yeah no i meant to install on my on my computer and then a- after the show i was like you know what don't do that no <laughs> we just realized idea. i wish i would have known this at the time you would have just stared at that app for the rest of your life yeah, that's why I haven't installed that, right? <laughs> really? What happened to Gray? Oh, well, he found this. He found this application that could tell him 70 years into the future, and he just, just couldn't break his attention from it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not thinking of, like, a progress bar filling in the decade. Like, I'm, not, I'm really not thinking about it in that way. The reason I pause there is just, again, like last time, I feel like I'm in the middle of something, and I, I actually feel like we're in fairly similar places. Okay. And part of this is just it's interesting like i i still feel like i'm coming out of the like feeling quite tapped out phase that i discussed last time like i can i can feel that that's not quite over as i've tried to reboot some video projects but it's been it's been one of those times where it's very hard to point at something specific and actionable but I f- really feel like my brain has been churning over quite intensely thoughts about my YouTube channel and the way that I make videos all month. Like, I feel like some some part of my brain is really busy on this. And the reason why I'm not concerned about the theme being like new decades dawn is I feel like it actually gives me a bunch of space to feel, hey, think about what this means for a while. And I have a bunch of thoughts about the way I want to do videos in the future that are that are forming out of this. Mm. You know, and this is one of those cases where it's like I don't really want to get into the specifics of of what I'm thinking because I think that's that is a kind of like jinx yourself or it's just I don't like talking about the way some of that stuff works. We'll but, get um, to it, right? Like, if you do any of these things, we'll get to it yeah. later, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I can have I can have thoughts about videos in the future which sort of express how I'm thinking about things. Mm. But yeah, so it's it's been, like, it's just been this really weird, interesting time where I feel like, oh, my last actual video was the Someone Dead Ruined My Life video. And I've just been churning over, like, okay, what does, what does the next 10 years mean for me? And I'm actually, I'm actually quite, fine with spending a bunch of time on this and like it does feel that the long-term horizon for this theme it feels like it's created space for me to take some time and think about this and uh, i mentioned it kind of offhandedly last time about youtube being this funny career where unlike the rest of the entertainment industry there aren't season breaks as there are between tv shows or the sort of downtime between projects that's normally built into things like youtube is hey you can upload at any moment so you should always be uploading and just thinking about this concept of trying to have 
something like what the traditional entertainment industry has done forever. I think the timing has just worked out great that, hey, you know what's the worst year of the month to upload anything to YouTube by a huge margin? It's January. So I'm also kind of happy just continuing to mull over stuff and not feeling a huge amount of pressure right now because if there's going to be any time that makes sense as a natural season break it is january because it is just terrible on youtube during this time and then it slowly gets better as as the year goes on so my rough plan is that i need to set up for myself a graycation to get back into like working on the next video but i just i haven't quite settled on where and when that's going to be so yeah i don't know it's a it's just a funny place i do not have lots of specifics to talk about while i still well, i feel like i've been thinking about it quite a lot and i'm actually i'm actually totally happy with that that's cool that state i'm pleased to hear it i think you know for me uh, the way i was concerned about your theme is you know i have come to the conclusion that i very poorly named my uh, mm. 2021 theme mm-hmm. and made it this like albatross honestly like with its right. size and as we went through in the last episode and since I felt so much better about it after we spoke about it mm-hmm. because I realized I had actually done what I wanted to do but when I kept thinking about reinvention it was just too much you know like I just couldn't reinvention was just a silly name and so and i feel like really my 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 mood towards my theme was down on the fact that i felt like i was could never achieve this thing and obviously if you're only going to do this for a year or maybe two years to have this theme you know as you sometimes would do it's still not a decade Mm -hmm. you know so that that was just like the thing that i was just concerned about but i get you are coming to it from the place that i ended up realizing i should have where it's like, no, this isn't about in this 12-month period I will have been reinvented. It's giving myself the foundation to do that. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah, I mean... It, you, you know this now, which is great, but I, I just wanted to talk about that. Yeah, and I, I think it is funny that last time we just commented on how like, oh, foundation is such a great name for a theme. But I think we are both doing what are actually quite foundational themes this year. Mm-hmm. Like you're laying a bunch of foundations for next year. And I feel like I'm basically doing the same thing. I think we have weirdly landed in a very similar space, which is we have both been doing this stuff that we do for 10 years. Mm-hmm. I've only been professional for half of that time, but I've been doing it for that amount of time. And we're both thinking about like we've we've hit like for for different reasons almost a point where it's like okay i can do this thing or i know how to do this thing but i want to do it a bit differently or i want to focus on something else as well Mm -hmm. what does it take to do that and move forward from here Mm -hmm. and so like i I think that it's it's interesting to me that we we're coming at this from very different places but i think that there is an undercurrent which is which is pretty similar right now Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, probably helped by the fact that we started a company together. (laughs) That that might do it. Yeah, I do think that also contributes to it because having a new company that's a project together also sharpens your focus about the other things that you're doing just simply by being a comparison. So, yeah, I I think that is partly why we might be in in similar places. And, yeah, for me, like I said, it's, it's, it's really interesting just trying to think a lot about like I said last time, how YouTube has changed and 
what it is that I want to continue to do, like accepting the reality of those changes and not being a giant baby about like, oh, I don't like the things that are different. And yeah, I don't know. It's It's been interesting. I've taken time this month to talk to a bunch of people who are like colleagues in this space. And yeah, so it's it has been time very well used. Like I've had a bunch of interesting conversations and getting like different people's takes on like, what do you feel like the business is like now? And what are you doing? All of this is kind of informing a bunch of my thoughts about what will happen in the future. I noticed some people saying about that, that they were like worried that you were their only safe space on YouTube. What? Like I was seeing people talk about this of like, oh, I, you know, what I loved about Gray is that he didn't pay attention to these things. Oh, it's interesting. I actually, I actually didn't, see any comments like that yeah so i know i think that's that's a totally fair question and it's like there was a concern that like you were now gonna go to like the quote-unquote dark side of youtube right <laughs> and like focus on the algorithm making sure you're clickbait and like you know all the things that would worry you where like previously before what i think fans of your content have known is like Gray's going to make what Gray wants to make. And as a fan of Gray and his opinion and his outlook, I am going to just like that rather than they're feeling like Gray is going to make what the algorithm is encouraging him to do. Yeah. Oh, I totally get that as, as a concern. And I think this this is like, what have I been thinking about? And so one of one of the areas where I think it makes sense to make concessions is like with the titles and with the thumbnails as well like that's one area where i think okay i don't love thinking about titles and thumbnails but trying to do more of that also um (laughs) bugging my team for every title suggestion under the sun and having my poor animator come up with like 10 different thumbnails to try can i just say on that you asked yeah. me like probably the worst question anyone's ever asked me in my life recently. Oh, did I? What would I ask you? Which was that. So uh, you put together a video about the theme system journal. Uh-huh. Which I think we I want to talk about some of the process of that in more text today. We haven't got time to talk about it today. Okay. Go to getmoretext.com. <laughs> if you want all of this and more text, that's where you go. But you said to me at one point, give me as many title suggestions as you have. And I was like, I don't know how to do this. And I was Isn't like trying terrible? to say stuff and they were all shit. Every single yeah. one of them. And I knew it, but I felt like <laughs> I had to contribute because we were like really trying to get this video posted. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, let me just try and say something. And they were so bad, but it was like, I feel like I got to say something. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. <laughs> Never ask me that question again. Oh, right. Yeah. But you, but you also see like how surprisingly hard it oh, is. It's so hard. I mean, look, that's why we title the episodes of our shows the way that we do, which is by and large, either from a very strict format of like state of the app, like, you know, and in just a year, Mm -hmm. or it's something funny. One of us said in the episode, because trying to descriptively name something, I can't do it. Like I can never Mm -hmm. come up with things that are interesting or in, or like enlightening (laughs) in any Mm -hmm. real way. And one of the big problems with trying to come up with titles is and i think this is why you also experience like oh my god this is so hard is you naturally have something that comes to your mind and it just pushes everything else out like it's it becomes very hard to not think of things that are just 
variations on the concept that you already have in your head. And like, that's not actually what you need. You need things that are legit different, like totally different takes on, on what the title is. With a couple of colleagues, um, someone was trying to name something important and I was helping a couple of people out in like a big brainstorm session. And it's like brutal, right? And And this was a case of, oh, we're a group of professionals trying to title something and the just pure minutes of silence on a joint FaceTime call as we're all looking to the ceiling trying to like throw out different ideas is very high. There are no bad suggestions except all of the bad ones that you're all going to give and judge each other about. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, wait a second, how many subscribers does this guy have? <laughs> is this the best he can do? <laughs> yeah, and it's it's amazing like how how tough it is. But so like to to feed into that, this is this is one of these things where accepting the realities of the way YouTube works, it does make sense to spend more time on this really unpleasant task of trying to just come up with a, a larger list of titles. Mm-hmm. And I think one, one of the thoughts I have is, is like, okay, trying to come up with better titles is, is good. But I still feel like the thing that I just can't live with is titles that spoil the most interesting thing about the video. Or where it's like, I feel that that title makes the video worse in some way. Right. And for me, the, like the canonical example of this is Metric Paper, where my title, like Metric Paper and Everything in the Universe, 100% performs better as a title. But I did decide to change it back to Metric Paper because I think the experience of watching that video without knowing that something else is coming is a way better experience. And so this is where it's like, I think people overestimate that when you like consider something, they think it's a larger factor than it necessarily is. And so this, this is one of those cases where it's like, Oh, I changed the title. This title performs better. YouTube likes it better, but I just think it makes the video worse. And even though from a pure spreadsheet perspective, the better performing title that spoils that something is coming will get this video more views. I do think there's some intangible quality of the kind of people who like my stuff will experience this video better with the less descriptive title. So it's not like I'm just 100% running an A-B test on all of the titles and just going with whatever is the best title that YouTube likes. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Squarespace, the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and run your business. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, Squarespace have got you covered. They do the best stuff. I love it. They combine cutting-edge design and world-class engineering to make it so easy to establish your home online. Whether you want to showcase your work of a portfolio, publish a blog post, promote your business, announce an upcoming event, set up an online store, Squarespace has got everything you need to create that beautiful modern website. You start off with one of their professionally designed templates, use drag and drop tools to make it your own, and you can customize the look, the feel, the settings, the artwork, the logos, the colors, the products you have on sale, everything in just a few clicks. It makes it so easy to get started and get your project out to the world. Every Squarespace website is optimized for all the screens it's going to be viewed on. Your content will automatically adjust so it looks great everywhere. You get free unlimited hosting, top of the line security, there's nothing to patch or upgrade. They have dependable resources to help you succeed, like 24-7 customer support. You can get SEO tools, email marketing tools, 
and register a domain name as well. Squarespace are the number one for me. I have been using them for over 10 years now for my projects. When I want to get something online, I don't want to spend a couple of weeks working through how do I even get this all set up. I go to Squarespace, I get it all out there, and I can put it out to the world. You can try it for yourself right now. Go to squarespace.com slash cortex. You sign up for a free trial. You don't need a credit card. No credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code cortex and you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash cortex. You can build the entire website and see how it looks. Then when you're ready to launch it and sign up, use the offer code cortex and you'll get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for this show. Our thanks to Squarespace for the continued support of Cortex and Relay FM. But thinking about content that's produced, I think one of the things I've been thinking about a lot in the modern entertainment industry is as I think I think that there's there's something like in economics there is sometimes this concept of where uh, like the middle gets cut out of products and I do think this is something that you see in the modern world uh, increasing in a lot of product areas where whatever it is it's like a physical object like a chair it's very easy to buy a super cheap chair and you can find very expensive, very nice chairs. But over time, chairs that are in the middle are increasingly difficult to find. And that happens because you just sort of get economically pushed towards it makes sense to make chairs at scale cheaply. And it makes sense to make chairs for people who really care about chairs and are willing to spend a lot. But there's actually, as your options increase, weirdly, there are fewer people who want chairs that are somewhere in the middle. And I think there's something like that that's kind of happening in the entertainment industry and the online video uh, world as well, where I don't mean this in terms of length, but I mean this in terms of content of like stuff that's in the middle. It misses the mark. And that's kind of something that's been on my mind, like. One of the thoughts I've had is the, like that last video I did about the Tesla road trip. I feel like that actually ended up being a video that is a good example of a video that's in the middle. Was that video a vlog about my trip? No, it wasn't a vlog about my trip. Was that video a video about the details of the like current state of the Tesla autopilot system? No, it wasn't it wasn't really that either. And so unlike when I look at a video like my sharks video, which I really like, which is like, boy, hey, you want to know about these shark statues? This is like the video about these shark statues. Everything you could ever want to know. <laughs> right. Everything you could ever want to know. Right here. Right. And so like that last video of mine, for various reasons, like I did want to get it out as fast as I could. I made a bunch of decisions about it. I was very aware of, of like, oh, I've got a couple of options of the way to go with this one. And that one to me, like it just misses the mark and it misses the mark because it's this middle product. It's sort of a vlog, but not really. And it's sort of some information about the Tesla autopilot system, but not really. And I think it would have been a better video if it was more of one or the other. 
And I was aware of that when I was making it, but I did make a decision of like, I want to get this out relatively fast because this is kind of time sensitive because it is related to the current state of what the technology was. So this again is like one of those, I made the decision I made at the time with the information I did, and that was fine. Even though now I think like I would do that differently if I was going to do that again. But one of the qualities that I just think about is young me wouldn't have loved that video. And that's like, oh, well, don't make videos like that, Mm. (laughs) right? I've mentioned a number of times, like going forward, thinking about what am I going to do for the channel? Like, I want to try to do more of the gray goes outside kind of stuff. And I still have not for the life of me figured out what is going to work here with that. But this is one of those sorts of areas where I think just make sure you're actually making a video that younger you would have enjoyed. And this is like a key metric that has always served you well. And when I say things about like accepting the realities of the way YouTube works now, I totally understand why people worry about like, oh, you're going to do more clickbait. But that's not actually the way that my thinking is going. It's much more like it's along these lines of like there's missing middles and YouTube rewards videos that are the most version of whatever they are and oh there's a way that i can make videos like that which is what are the videos that are the most version of what younger me would have wanted to watch on youtube this is partly what i mean by the way my thoughts are like bubbling up around a thing i don't know if i'm expressing this very well at all but like this is what's on my mind i'm gonna see if i can try and tease that out a little bit Mm -hmm. can you with that tesla self-driving video Mm -hmm. let's imagine we have infinite budget and time here Mm -hmm. can you give me an example of how that could have been more mosted oh yeah totally so the the thing that i was considering that i kept going back and forth is the alternate version of that video is the the version that i think i should have mosted and actually made which is and this was the original intention when i did that trip i actually had two things that I intended to film. So I wanted to film the Tesla autopilot stuff, but I also filmed another secret project, which may or may not ever see the light of day. Who knows? But it was another attempt of like, Grey goes outside. And this almost always happens because I just absolutely love being able to have a thing count twice. Of like, this is just so in my personality of, if I'm doing a trip, like I really want there to be two things. So that's partly why that happened. In the infinite time version of this, what would have happened is the other thing that I went to film, which is just like a location that I thought was interesting. It's not like something super exciting. I just thought, oh, this location has an interesting story behind it. Let me see if I can just film something about that. I would have made that video first. That would have gone out as like, I don't know, a five or six minute Grey Goes Outside video. And then... The video that was like about the Tesla autopilot thing would have been more of a vlog about the whole trip, which now also has the context of, oh, hey, you know, this other video that you watched, this is the trip when that video was filmed. Mm. And also while I was doing that, I was using the Tesla autopilot the entire time. 
which also brings in a much broader scope of I'm going like, cause Oh my God, Mike, like you won't believe how much footage I have, but like, I have a ton of footage of like driving around Cherokee, North Carolina and like going to different places. And like all of it is on autopilot. I'm in little towns, right? I'm on the major highways. It's night in the fog and it's terrifying. Like just have a ton of that stuff, which is in the context of trying this out And I'm also filming something else while I'm here. That is the way to like most that other video. But this is a case where the reason I decided not to like, and this was totally my fault of the problem with the project is that every day that goes by the system changes. And so it's actually quite interesting because in that Tesla autopilot video, I talk about the left side bias, like the system is clearly staying on the left and Apparently that was totally fixed in like the next version of the software, Mm. right? So like, this is the kind of thing where being aware, like, oh, there's a time sensitive element here changes the way I have to make a decision. So I was aware that like the vlog version of this that I want to do is probably something that's a lot closer to like a 20 minute video, maybe a 30 minute video of like, here's this big trip. Here's all the details. Here's the things that I saw. Here's like, a bunch of the stuff that happened, but it also have to have a video come out before then, because otherwise it explains too much about like this other video. Like they have to come out in this different order. And this is one of those cases where I'm making a decision of how long is that realistically going to take me to do? It's going to be several months. You know, like if my previous videos are anything to go by, It's going to take a while. There's a ton of footage going through all that footage is extremely time consuming. And so I kind of made the call of, I'm not going to do that because if I do that, who knows how outdated everything I'm talking about is going to be by the time that it's done. So this is, this is where it's like, okay, I ended up making a video that was sort of in the middle of these things. And it's like, it just doesn't hit. Like it's interesting. It doesn't hit for me. Like I'm kind of, It's like, I'm happy with the way it came out. I think stylistically, it's the best version of that kind of video that I could make. But it's not the maximum on some quality. So that is the alternate universe in where a different video was made. So in like this era of mosting videos, Mm -hmm. would you just not make that Tesla video then? Yeah. So like, I've been thinking a lot about that project and this is funny. This has actually been an explicit instruction that I've, I've given to the people I work with, which is, Hey, next time I suggest any kind of project that has not just a deadline, but has an implied deadline, you need to tell me not to do that project and remind me of this moment. And I think this is one of these things where I firmly believe that deadlines are counter to quality, that like these things are always fighting each other. I would like to counterpoint you here. Yep, go ahead. Sharks. What was it again that it was moving somewhere or doing something? And Yeah, sh- sharks had a deadline because the ca- the, it, was, it was the date that the council said that the sharks had to move. It was worse than that because the sharks were potentially moving at any point before that deadline as well. So it was like the video needs to be out before the sharks move. Because otherwise the video may have <laughs> taken an infinite amount of time to be completed because it's like if you didn't shut it off, right? 
Yeah. Where are the where are they going to show up next? And then do you need to go film that? And then does that change? So like that would be my count. But there was a deadline on that one, mm-hmm. and that was a great video. Yeah. I, I, this is what, I'm not saying that like these things cannot coexist, right? I'm just I'm just saying like I think that they work against each other. And in my experience, also, yes, I love sharks. I literally never want a project to be as miserable as that was again. <laughs> like it was, it was so unpleasant. Okay, so that didn't balance that one. Yeah, but I would say that mm-hmm. that project was also like weird, like weird, right? Yes, there are a lot of reasons that project was which weird. which wasn't the time. Yeah, I, I guess we could put that under the category of there were a lot of things about that project that made it greatly uncertain on a number of vectors, mm. which does not help. What what I'm saying here is this is one of the reasons I think I mentioned this last time. Stop me if I didn't. But I'm not going to be trying to track the like get your average upload time between 31 days anymore. Okay. I've made a decision that like that was very good because for the last two years I do think I needed something to help me reboot. Hey, you need to upload to the channel more frequently. And I think that was totally the correct thing to get my mind back on like this is the main thing focus your time on this and now what i find myself mulling over is okay cool like you've you've fixed this i think you need to get back to a different way of thinking about how you make the videos and also what context do they exist relative to other videos that exist on the YouTube platform. So I don't know if that really answers your question or if I'm even explaining myself well. This this is what I mean. Like I feel almost like trying to explain what some part of your your brain that you don't even know entirely what it's up to is doing. That's the way I feel right now. It's like I know I have the feeling of of the shape of what's on my mind, but it's very hard to articulate in a precise manner because the process isn't really done here yeah i would like you know just listening to what you're saying uh to kind of try and close somebody's brackets down Mm -hmm. Uh, i feel like i understand what you're saying a little bit more about the mosting from Mm -hmm. the tesla video right that like it didn't have enough and Mm -hmm. because it was you know kind of like intended to be like here's the minimum i can do right now that's not enough there needs to be more than that and as you say, right, like part of that was because, well, you knew there was like a time period on it. Well, if there's a time limit on it, you should really only attack a project that has some kind of deadline if you're confident it is like a surefire success, right? Like is what I assume you would feel, right? Because if you're saying like, I don't want deadlines unless I believe it's good for this project that they're, you know, this is one that will have a deadline, but I really want to do it, right? Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would try to, re- like, I think I would reframe that of if deadlines are going to exist the project has to have much less uncertainty around it okay and i think that particular with like i've still only done i think technically 11 gray goes outside videos which is not very much the question of what the hell are these videos even like is still too way uncertain for something that also had a deadline on it that makes sense that makes sense the one thing that i wanted to press on from what you were saying though is like a concern that i have in hearing what you're saying that you're gonna if you're removing the 30 day thing Mm -hmm. which i understand why but then you're also more likely to stop a video idea 
I would just have a concern that you're going to really reduce the amount that you're making. Like, it feels like you are making the bar higher mm-hmm. and removing this, like, internal clock. And I would be concerned that that means you're going to make, like, two videos in 2022. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be two videos in I'm obviously over-exaggerating, but you understand <laughs> what I'm saying, right? Yeah, I, to- I totally get that. I'll just say I'm aware that there need to be counterpoints and... I don't quite want to go into the full details of what I'm thinking about around this, but I have some different thoughts that are around topic selection that are are sort of acting as the counterpoint to this. That's cool. I mean, look, we can we can as I said, we can come up, we can talk about that later, right? Like in the same way that we spoke about the thirty day thing after mm-hmm. you'd done that, you know. So we can we can get to that later on. But I just at least I take some kind of comfort in knowing that you'd see that too, that like following these ideas too strongly without anything else going on could result Mm. in like i can't make videos anymore (laughs) because (laughs) i've set these like rules for myself that now mean that like no project can be deemed surefire enough yeah it's not well yeah that's uh, surefire isn't isn't really what i'm i feel like that's that's a that's a bad word for this, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm aware that there needs to be a counterpoint. I'm thinking about some of that in terms of topic selection, but yes, I mean, I, I would expect that over because I, I like this two year running average of upload frequency. I would expect that the two year running average of upload frequency, like that decreases. I would expect that like already again, if, if we're counting like the last real video even if we count it as the Tesla video, it's like, okay, we're still well outside the it's been 30 days since the last video marker here. So, but this is kind of why I'm also working this in with the, like the season break is fine. This is the time if I'm going to spend some time thinking about like the big picture and the meta-ness of how I work, this is the time to take that time and sort of plan out how do I think I'm going to tackle topics going forward. It's very funny to me. I I can totally understand why people hearing me would be worried that like Gray is going to follow the algorithm. But if if anything, it's I don't quite want to say it's the opposite, but I do think it might be more not in that direction than than people would expect. Yeah, it's, it's taking what it wants, but only giving it some of it back. But it's not ignoring it. Yeah, it's not it's not ignoring it. Because the algorithm would love it if you posted every week, at least at some level. I want to push back there because this is what I mean by some thoughts around like this missing middle. And I think if you're making videos that are in the middle, posting every week won't save you. Yeah, I didn't mean you specifically. Mm-hmm. Like it's more like if someone is able to produce more content quicker mm-hmm. that their audience enjoys... The algorithm would love you to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, this means that like, if, if you were able to almost kill yourself but produce a video every two weeks of mm. good quality, the YouTube algorithm, I'm sure, would reward you for that. Oh, yeah, it, it totally would. Yeah. I, I guess I feel like I think I cannot, over a long period of time, produce a video every four weeks that also hits the marker of younger me would really like this video. Mm-hmm. I think over a long period of time, those two ideas are fundamentally opposed. Yes. 
we sitting in silence now? Yeah, no, I was, I was just I was just thinking, like, do I have anything else to say on this topic right now? <laughs> I think that could be the end of the episode, by the way. We only got halfway through our document, but we've been going for an hour and 47 minutes. Oh, so the episode ends right now, unless people listen to Mortex. Getmortex.com. Dot com for more Cortex. Wait, how does it go? Get all of this and Mortex. <laughs> get all of this and Mortex. At getmortex.com. Getmortex.com. Imagine having such a great slogan and forgetting it every single time. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>